Now, the worship service of Avon United Methodist Church, located at 130 Genesee Street in Avon, New York. Pastor Keith Griswold. Welcome to worship with the Avon United Methodist Church. Good morning. Welcome to you all on this beautiful, sunshiny day. Glad to have you here at worship today. We want to begin with announcements. Yes, we're pleased to announce that a man right here from Avon, Alan Walk, has accepted the position to be our organist pianist. He actually is an organist and currently plays at St. Agnes on Saturday afternoon service. We're very excited to have him start. Pastor Keith and Deb Spratt and I interviewed him, and he played the organ for us, and uh, wow. (laughs) I didn't know our organ could do all the things that he did. So I think you're going to really enjoy this experience, and we're excited to have him start in March. He'll be starting the first week in March. Ash Wednesday will be February the 14th. We will be doing a short Ash Wednesday service at 6.30 that night. And then the following week on the 19th, Monday evening, we will be starting a Lenten study entitled Savior, what the Bible says about the cross. The study books are there in the back with a sign-up list for you if you're going to be interested. And it'll be a six-week session on Monday nights starting February the 19th. Now, I don't see any other hands going up, and so we're going to welcome those who do join us online as well as on the radio until we come before God this morning. Good morning on this lovely, sunshiny day. Please stand for the call to worship and our first hymn together. This call to worship is taken from Psalm 147. Praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages the wounds. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out thanks to the Lord. The Lord's delight is in those who fear him. Those who put their hope in God's unfailing love. The hymn is Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven.
this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And the New Testament scripture is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is God's word for God's people.
7.23 a.m. That is the time to be careful, at least according to a news story and a survey that was taken last year. According to this news story, on average, most adults will experience three dramas in one day, every day, with the first drama typically happening at 7.23 a.m. and up to 8.18 a.m. I don't know, they didn't say in the article how they got those precise minutes, but that's what they said in the article. When we hear that word drama, we might think of some big major catastrophe. But according to the survey, it's the little dramas that stress us out. According to the survey, these are the top dramas that stress most adults out. The clothes that you wanted to wear that day are in the wash. Spilling something on your clothes before you leave. Waking up late and thus being late for work. Getting stuck in traffic trying to find a parking place. So you can see why most of those stressors are probably happening before 8.30 in the morning. But there are other stressors that once you get the day going happen to you. And these are some of the other ones. You send a text message to the wrong person. Checking your bank balance and having less money than you expected and realizing that an email that you thought you had sent was still in your draft box. So let me ask you, what gets you stressed out? What are the actions, what are the activities of life that weaken you? Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically? You would think by the time we are adults, we'd learn better about these things that stress us out and not let them stress us out. So why do we let things stress us out? You know, we're not the only ones who have had stress in our lives. Consider what Isaiah wrote that Kathy read for us. Isaiah is writing to God's chosen people in a time when there were no overwhelming issues of work-related stress. No stress in dealing with your kids. No stress with family issues. No nearby superpowers that were thinking of invading your homeland. By the way, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm being very sarcastic with all those statements. Because you see, we can go back 2,600 years ago to the time of Isaiah, and we would find people stressed out over things in their lives, just like we get stressed out today. But you know what? God's people are supposed to be doing better at this stress stuff, right? At least we should be. In all seriousness, we do have God on our side. Listen again to what Isaiah says. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by God. In other words, why are we saying God isn't aware of what we're going through? Of course God knows what we're going through. Look at what Isaiah goes on to say. 
Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Because God is the creator, because God is the everlasting one, God can see what's going on in the world and what's going on in our individual lives. Because God is God. When we turn to him, we find this assurance. Again, from Isaiah. God gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. I'd like us to consider these insights from Isaiah, especially about for those who hope in the Lord. Consider them alongside the events in Jesus' life that we just read about. And as we consider them, I think we need to consider some questions. Reflect on these. Where do we, where do you get your strength for living? And what are we going to do with that strength once we receive it? Where do we go for our strength and what do we do with it once we have it? If you had a vitality gauge, something to gauge the vitality, the strength of your life, like a gas gauge in your car, what would it be reading today? Full? Half? Quarter? E for empty? And as it nears the E, where do you go to get recharged? Where do you find purpose and direction in your life? And who gives you that power to keep on going on? I'm going to suggest that if Jesus is our role model in this kind of stressful situation, we get an idea of who we need to turn to for our strength and what we need to do once we have that strength. Just consider Jesus. He has had a hard, long day. The reading for this morning is a continuation of last week's gospel reading. It is the Sabbath. It started out, as you remember last week, he was preaching in a synagogue and having to deal with a demon-possessed man. Then he gets to Peter's house, and they find out that Peter's mother-in-law is sick with a fever. And Jesus heals her. And by now the whole town knows where he's at and knows what's going on. So they start bringing him all of their sick friends and family members so he can heal them. Jesus on this Sabbath is being overwhelmed with the work of ministry. Have you ever been so overwhelmed with either mental or emotional activities that you start to feel it in your body? You've been at your desk all day or at work all day if you're not at a desk, out on the field, and when you get home, you feel like you ran the Boston Marathon. As Isaiah says, you are weary. When this happened to Jesus... Mark says, instead of sleeping in the next morning, Jesus got up early and went off to be by himself. And what did he do? Did he go and finish up the paperwork that he didn't do the night before? 
Dear Dad, I healed ten lepers, five cripples, dealt with three demon possessions. No, that is not what he did. He did not fill out paperwork. He went off to pray. He went off to have time alone with God, the one who he called Abba. And I am sure that you have a confidant in your life, that you have someone that you can go and talk to about the problems of your life. Perhaps someone at work, hopefully your spouse. Having another person to go and talk with is a good thing up to a point. But you see, we humans, we have been created by God, and the real confidant in our life is to be God. We were made to have that personal relationship with God. The God who sits above the heavens, who has named all the stars, God wants to be your source of strength. Do you not know? Have you not heard? God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. We need to turn to God for conversation and for quiet to renew our strength. And if I could make a suggestion, in that quiet time, take your Bible and read a psalm or two. Read a small part of the Gospel of John. Think about it. Talk about it with God and listen to what God has to say. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning, but you should be talking to God regularly and probably double the time when you're really being stressed out by life. When you read the Gospels, you see a pattern in Jesus' life. After an intense time of ministry and work, like the one that we just read about here, the Sabbath, he withdraws by himself and he goes to be with God. See, before he would advance on to the next thing, he would retreat. Nothing that enriches or empowers life ever just happens. We need to take time, make plan to go and do something. And Jesus never just found himself with time on his hands and decides to pray. He takes time deliberately to go and to pray and to be with God. came across this prayer. It's from the 16th century, and it relates to what I'm talking about here. It says, Lord, temper with tranquility our manifold activity, that we may do our work for thee, with very great simplicity. Temper with tranquility. If Jesus found time to be tranquil, then we can do it as well. The scriptures that we've gone through today all have a common theme to them. Our call to worship, taken from one of the Psalms, has this line in it, the Lord supports the humble. The Lord supports. Isaiah says, God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. And when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, we were told he took her hand and helped her up. God is to be our source of our strength. And when we are down, God will lift us up and give us power and purpose. 
And there's a correlation here. You know, when we're connected with God, we have that vitality in our life that will last forever. And when we do not have a relationship with God, we become our own source of strength, and that won't last. We need God to be that source of our strength. And I see two things in Jesus' life that helps us to understand what we need to do when we've got that strength. Consider this. When he heals Peter's mother-in-law, he helps her up, and we're told she began to wait on them. But the better way to translate that in the Greek is to serve them. Jesus didn't heal her to be a waitress. The implication is servanthood. When we are disciples of Jesus, we are servants to one another. The implication here is that when our strength comes from God, it comes with responsibility. When we have life and vitality in Christ, we have a message to offer others. Don't we want our friends and our families who are stressed out right now to know the same healing that we have experienced from Jesus? What kind of a friend would I be if someone I knew was suffering from an illness and I withheld the information for their cure? Jesus' hands have healed me. Jesus' hands have lifted me up, and I need to be in service to him and to others so that others know that they can find healing in him as well. The other thing we see in Jesus that I think we can take away is when he was renewed and refreshed after being with God, his disciples found him, and they said to him, we need to do something, and he says, yeah, we're going to move on. I can preach to other neighborhoods because this is why I have come. Our living as Christians is to be a proclamation. We are to proclaim who gave us new life, who has made us vital and strong. Jesus was refreshed by God the Father so he could do the mission that he was sent on, telling and showing the love of God. Friends, if you have been touched by the hand of Jesus... If God has renewed your strength and you are now soaring on the wings like eagles, I am sure you want to share that with others. However, if you are still walking and feeling weak, then I would ask you to ask Jesus to take you by the hand and to help you to stand and to give you strength. Thanks be to God. Take your hymnal. We're going to sing Precious Lord, Take My Hand. I don't know if you all know the background to this. Thomas Dorsey, the man who wrote it, he was originally a blues and jazz musician before he became a Christian and started to write hymns. This hymn was written three weeks after his wife died in childbirth, and the child died the following day. So keep that in the back of your mind as you sing these words.
And now go with the Lord holding your hand, letting him lift you up and give you strength. Go now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to the 10 a.m. service from the Avon United Methodist Church, located at 130 Genesee Street in the village of Avon. We hope that you have experienced the love of Jesus Christ during your time with us. We invite you to join us on the air weekly at 7.30 a.m. Sundays or in person at 10 a.m. Please visit us on the web at avonnyumc.org or call us at 226-8600. May God richly bless you.